Durham was tasked with one main objective for his special counsel investigation. And hardly anybody seems to remember what it is. By Brian Cates. Everybody has an opinion about John Durham and what he is likely to do once the upcoming trial for Steele dossier dirty trickster Igor Danchenko is over. Catherine Herridge of CBS News opined the other day that she thinks there won't be mass indictments coming as a result of Durham's investigation. Quote, Herridge discussed the current investigation by U.S. Attorney John Durham into the origins of the Russia probe. She said that his investigation was not likely to lead to mass indictments. We're not going to have mass indictments in this case, Herridge said comparing Durham's likely findings to those of special counsel Robert Mueller, who did not find sufficient evidence of wrongdoing to bring a criminal case against the president or members of his campaign. But that's not to say there was not bad activity, Herridge added. Herridge and Garrett previously worked at Fox News together, and Herridge discussed her motivations as a reporter. I always try to be driven by the facts and especially by the documents, Herridge said. When asked about criticism of her tenure at Fox, Herridge said it just kind of washes over me. I just keep rowing the boat and sticking to what I know, Herridge replied, end quote. Catherine has her opinion and I have mine. We've both been covering the Spygate scandal for a very long time. I remember what John Durham's main job is. That appears to have been lost in a lot of the media noise over the past year, so perhaps it's time I reminded everybody. If by mass indictments, Catherine meant something along the line of criminal indictments being made against 30 or more individuals all at once, a mass indictment event, I agree with her, I don't see Durham dropping mass indictments at one time either. Durham will, at most, drop two to three indictments at a time, not 30 at once. By the time he wraps it up and issues his final report, I don't expect him to have indicted over 50 people, maybe around 30 of the chief players in the criminal joint venture, at the most. Durham's strategy became obvious during the Sussman trial. Some people pretend like it's a big mystery what Durham is doing, but it's not. The Sussman trial showed everyone the template of what he's using these two initial trials to do. Why did Durham start with a false statement trial centered around the Alpha Bank hoax that never really went anywhere? It was given to the FBI and the media, chiefly investigated and then shit-canned. It didn't lead to any special counsel being assigned and nobody went to jail based on any charges stemming from it. You can't say that about the Steele dossier, however. The Steele dossier hoax is a completely different animal from the Alpha Bank hoax. Not only did the Steele dossier hoax directly lead to the Mueller special counsel investigation into supposed Trump-Russia collusion, it also spawned over 30 criminal prosecutions and convictions. So why did Durham start the Spygate trials with a single false statement charge against a DC power lawyer who'd worked for the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidential campaign over his role in the hoax that didn't go anywhere. What's his strategy here? The Sussman false statement trial was about bringing out into the open two main issues and clearly defining them. 
One, that Hillary Clinton was using private federal cybersecurity contractors to target her political opponents and spy on them. These contractors were stealing classified slash non-public info off of federal databases and using that info to help other Clinton operatives create Trump-Russia collusion hoaxes. Two, that all the conspirators will deliberately attempt to thwart federal grand jury subpoenas by insisting that subpoena documents are covered by bogus claims of attorney-client privilege. Whatever you may think of the outcome of the Sussman trial, Durham did get those two facts onto the court record. They will play a role in future court rulings against the others in the conspiracy once Durham finally begins unsealing those indictments. Got that? He's established already in court with documentation that anyone can look at that Hillary's private contractor spies had a specific enemy's hit list they worked from, and that some of the classified non-public data they took off of federal databases ended up in both versions of the Alpha Bank hoax. The version of the Alpha Bank hoax from before Donald Trump became president, and the revised and updated version of the Alpha Bank hoax from after Donald Trump became president. So, while the Alpha Bank hoax was mostly unknown and unremembered, and it didn't lead to much of anything, Durham started with a false statement charge related to the Alpha Bank in order to map out the joint venture conspiracy network from the lower level, the Clinton campaign and its private paid operatives at Perkins Coie, Fusion GPS, and Rodney Joffe, and his merry crew of cyber contractors. And I believe Durham will demonstrate that some of the federal database info that Clinton's private spies stole not only ended up in the Alpha Bank white papers, but some of it ended up in the Steele dossier as well. It's the false statements trial of Igor Danchenko that will provide Durham with the opportunity to continue mapping out that criminal conspiracy network at the upper level. The politically partisan members of the DOJ and the FBI who knowingly took false information from people they knew from the very start were dirty trickster operatives working for the Clinton campaign. Once the Danchenko trial is over, the circle of the criminal joint venture will be complete. That's when the next phase will begin. And to understand what the next phase of Durham's investigation and prosecution is, you have to go back and remember what he's been tasked to investigate. Durham's job is to find out who subverted every single safeguard that should have prevented Spygate from happening and hold them accountable. Durham was tasked with finding out how the Clinton campaign managed to get the Trump campaign targeted for criminal and counterintelligence investigations based on two specific made-up hoaxes, the Steele dossier hoax and the Alpha Bank hoax. Whatever stupid games were going on between the Clinton campaign and the fake news media playing footsie with each other with these two hoaxes back during the 2016 election cycle, there's no way the federal agencies should have been supposedly fooled by both hoaxes and started investigations based on them. Durham 
is using false statement trials to map out the extensive criminal conspiracy so that everyone can clearly see it. He seems to think it was necessary to do this before he begins unsealing the conspiracy indictments against the conspirators involved. The criminal conspiracy originated within the Clinton campaign, which enlisted the expertise of a law firm, a political dirty tricks shop, some private cybersecurity contractors, several top fake news media outlets, and some partisan officials inside the DOJ, FBI, CIA, and State Department to carry it out. When you sum up the essence of the Spygate scandal in one sentence, that the Hillary Clinton campaign was surprisingly successful in getting its rival campaign in the 2016 presidential election targeted for law and counterintelligence investigations based on a dirty trick operation using fake evidence, as I was doing by the end of 2017, the initial response of the uninitiated is to scoff at it. Andrew McCarthy Long-time political commentator and former federal prosecutor initially dismissed the idea that Hillary Clinton and her goon squad could have possibly pulled off something like this. Why, to make it work, they'd have had to have lots of help from inside the DOJ and the FBI, and that's impossible, you know? Two years later, McCarthy had changed his tune after so much evidence had gone public that he wrote a book entitled Ball of Collusion, in which he covered the Spygate scandal as being exactly what it actually is, a political dirty trick operation that should never have succeeded, and the fact that it did means there's something seriously wrong with our federal law enforcement and its intelligence agencies. Now, I poke a little fun at Andrew over the flip-flop, but seriously, I don't blame him at all for his initial skepticism when the Spygate plot first began to emerge. He was a career federal prosecutor and so is well acquainted with and understands the inner workings of the DOJ, FBI, and other law enforcement and intelligence gathering agencies. What he was seeing early on looked improbable to him because he knows how the system was supposed to work, and he was assuming nobody would deliberately subvert it to the point of successfully managing a Spygate-type hoax. The number of people who'd have to be in on it, or stand by and let it happen, is quite large. And recall, the length of time the Spygate hoax was run, lasting from July of 2016 when the Clinton campaign first hatched it, to the time the final renewal of the Carter Page FISA surveillance warrant ran out in September of 2017. How could a hoax have remained in force for so long inside courts and agencies with all these safeguards supposedly in place? By what arcane act of sorcery was such a thing accomplished? So, nobody can blame Andrew for his initial reaction to the Spygate conspiracy theory. It should not have been possible for Hillary Clinton and her Dirty Tricks squad to do this. And yet, they did it. 
the dirty trick operation of the Steele dossier hoax succeeded far beyond their wildest expectations for it. From a political dirty trick to treason against the United States. Now, of course, Trump won and Hillary lost that 2016 race. So as wildly successful as the Steele dossier hoax was in starting up federal investigations of her political rival, it did not achieve the main goal, which was to sabotage Trump's candidacy enough so that he wouldn't be a viable threat to Clinton's winning the presidency that November. Trump having won the 2016 election, the purpose of the criminal conspiracy and the main Steele dossier hoax it was still using changed to being a means to undermine and weaken the administration of President Trump, hopefully to the point he could be impeached and successfully removed from office. People like former CIA director John Brennan can shrug during TV interviews and talk about how all is fair in love and politics, so even if the Steele dossier was a hoax from A to Z, it wasn't illegal, and so on. And a lot of people would agree with him, as long as it's candidate Trump and the political dirty trick Clinton's campaign team hatched to use against him in a political race that's being discussed. But you have to understand the Rubicon that was crossed on January 20th, 2017, when Donald J. Trump took the oath of office and became this nation's 45th president. He was no longer a candidate for the office. Trump was now in the office. He was now the chief executive of the United States of America, its chief law enforcement officer and commander-in-chief of the military. The moment the conspirators made the fatal decision to press on and continue to use their steel dossier hoax to attack, undermine, and attempt to sabotage the administration of a sitting president. This was no longer politics. It became treason. Not, not just against the particular president they're targeting with the hoax, but also against the country he is leading. While knowing Danchenko was a Russian agent and that the Steele dossier he helped assemble had come straight from the Clinton campaign and this was all fake, certain politically partisan DOJ and FBI officials renewed that tainted warrant against a sitting president and some of the top officials in his administration two more times, eyes wide open open, knowing exactly what they were doing. John Durham has been tasked with investigation of how deliberate acts of treason were committed against a sitting president by top officials in the federal agencies he was in charge of. At this stage, all Durham is doing is laying out for the public how the conspiracy was constructed at the ground level, how it worked, via these two initial trials using false statement charges. You have to carefully prepare the public for charges of treason. As many commentators have been noting repeatedly ever since the Sussman and Danchenko indictments were unsealed last year, Durham has yet to charge 
anybody for the actual criminal conspiracy in which they engaged, a conspiracy that led to treasonous acts against the United States from within federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies. This leads many people to assume that Durham is going to pack it in and call it a career after his next trial. They couldn't be more wrong about that. Just because Durham is not doing this how you would do it doesn't mean he's about to wrap it up while never coming close to touching the literal acts of treason that were committed against the country. Coming right out and dropping indictments for committing acts of treason against a sitting president several years ago was not the best way to go. The Durham Special Counsel's wargaming sessions appear to have come up with a strategy of clearly defining and mapping out the criminal conspiracy via public disclosures during false statement trials. Once everybody fully grasps how the criminal conspiracy worked from the ground-level foot soldiers to the political partisans inside the federal agencies, it's been demonstrated with documented evidence in the courtroom that would be the time to begin dropping the treason charges. But we're not there yet. The only way every single safeguard, law, and regulation in place to prevent this kind of thing was defeated was due to an organized criminal conspiracy, and Durham has to fully, carefully, exhaustively show the entire world, the entire scope of the criminal joint venture so that nobody can argue he doesn't have any evidence for it before he begins unsealing indictments against the individual conspirators for their roles in it. Durham knows what his job is, and he's going to continue doing it once the Danchenko trial is over. He's going to bring these criminal conspirators to justice for committing deliberate acts of treason against the United States and its duly elected president, Donald J. Trump. And you can quote me on that. <laughs>